Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's Fulhamish Extra, your extra dosage of Fulham FC content. My name is Sammy James. And in today's podcast, we're going to be looking ahead to Saturday's game up at Stoke as Fulham look to continue their unbeaten run. We'll be speaking to Dave Cowlishaw from the Wizards of Drivel Stoke podcast. Also, we've got Gordon Davies on the phone giving his thoughts on Fulham so far this season. We uh, really enjoy whenever Gordon can come on the podcast. Of course, an iconic name. Uh, at the cottage uh, I think we had him on Fulhamish Extra uh, this time last year and he was absolutely brilliant so a real privilege for us to have Gordon back on the podcast so hope you've enjoyed the international break whoever you've been supporting uh, it's been a uh, pretty tumultuous international break from an England point of view and uh, lots of headlines for the wrong reasons I know there's a lot of American fans listening and it's not been a great international break and for our very own Jack Collins who was supporting the Irish out in Switzerland it's not been fantastic for him either so whoever your allegiances were uh, I hope it was okay because it certainly was a bumpy ride for a lot of nations uh, in the past fortnight but good to have club football back we're heading up to Stoke on Saturday so good to be looking forward to that and it's an important five games coming up for Fulham before the next international break we really need to take as many points as possible if we are to get any closer to that top two it's really that turning point in the season now it feels like a little bit make or break for our season Uh, just a quick one from me to say uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could nominate Fulhamish in the upcoming FSA awards the Football Supporters Association Uh, we've been nominated for Club Podcast of the Year for the past two years in a row Uh, we'd love to make it three but we need your nominations in order to make that happen there is a link on our Twitter there is a link on our Instagram or just go to the Football Supporters Association website. It's a really quick little form. Uh, Category 6 is the one that we're looking to get nominated in, which is Club Podcast of the Year. Um, So fill in the form. There's lots of other categories as well, which you either can or don't have to fill in as when you want to. Uh, There's Player of the Year, Fanzine of the Year, lots of different categories. But the one that we're looking for is Club Podcast of the Year. We'd really appreciate it if you could give us your nominations. If you think we deserve it, of course. You may not, but hopefully if you listen to us regularly uh you'll appreciate uh the work that goes into this and we'd really love it if we could get a nomination for a third year in a row uh just to say this season fulhamish has partnered with football index the app where you can buy and sell stocks in players and right now uh we have an exclusive deal for fulhamish listeners you can try out football index with 1000 pounds risk-free for seven days if you lose any money simply contact them and they'll refund any losses to take advantage of the offer go to fulhamish.co.uk forward slash index and download the app using the link on that page then use the referral code fulhamish once you've downloaded the app the offer that i've just mentioned is only valid for users in the uk and ireland you must be over 18 and please gamble responsibly Possibly. Let's have a quick look then at Stoke before we uh, hand over to Dom and the boys who chat to uh, Dave Cowlishaw from the Wizards of Drivel podcast to give us a bit of an opposition view. Ordinarily, you'd be looking at this game thinking it's probably one of the easiest games we've faced this season. In theory, we are facing the bottom side in the league, but we all know that this game on Saturday is probably not going to be the easiest match of the season Stoke's position has been well documented I think we all expected Stoke to be 
up where we are in the table. Maybe not in the top two, but certainly in the top 10 and and vying for playoff places. Nathan Jones is a uh, very well-respected manager, did great things at Luton and, and took the big job at Stoke. And it's been an utter, utter nightmare for them this season. They did pick up their first win of the season uh, in the last game. They won away at Swansea. I mean, a kind of result which the championship just can produce where the bottom side literally can beat the top side. It was a bit of a smash and grab victory, but it does just change things going into this one. They will have an air of confidence. You felt like if they lost to Swansea, then it was almost certain that Jones was going to be out of a job but he will um, unless there's any dramatic changes be there on Saturday and and you would guess that the the crowds up at Stoke will be pretty raucous on Saturday they'll be looking for that first home win of course last time out at the bet 365 was well it was a horror show really it was the midweek game against Huddersfield Um, they got their first win in well since February and they got a late winner there and it was just really turning ugly at Stoke if it hadn't already I think after that must have just been a real desperate place to be for them it's a a side packed with quality quality players and, and household names as well I know that um, for many people, when I when you look down the team sheets of, of an opposition side, even in the championship, quite often there are several players in there that you've not really heard of unless you really know your football at this level. But if you're a Premier League fan, you may not be too aware of what Barnsley's first choice left back is. But you look through the Stoke side and it is just littered with well-known kind of household football names, even from from Jack Butland in goal, who's pretty much had a horror show this season. Mad to think that he was at one time a future England number one, really, really challenging Jordan Pickford for the England spot. And right now, I don't even know if many championship teams would be interested in taking on Jack Butland. He's had lots of very, very poor performances this season, cure cure worldy on Saturday, no doubt. You've got Joe Allen in the middle of the park. You've got Tom Ince, Sam Klukas, James McLean, Danny Bath, Cameron Carter-Vickers, a player that lots of Fulham fans were secretly hoping we might have a look at uh, in the summer on loan, the young 21-year-old American centre-back. Scott Hogan, of course, a prolific striker, once of Brentford and Villa now at, um, at the Bet365. You've got Sam Vokes. Um, the Welsh hero from Euro 2016 who has made five appearances for the Potters this season. It's it's a side packed with with talent and really considering the amount uh, of amazing players they had in their side last year, it was a real disappointment for them not to go back up at the first attempt. But as we've seen from sides that spend a long time and, and Fulham is very much the same, when you spend a long time in the Premier League, your squad gets very, very bloated. And when you do eventually come down to the championship, and, and unless you are a top six side, pretty much everyone gets that fate eventually. It is so hard to adapt to the second tier. We really struggled. I mean, we nearly went down two years in a row when we when we came down. And you really feel like it's a similar situation at Stoke and they kind of need to rebuild from the ground up. But at the moment for them, it is a struggle for survival you do just feel instinctively that they will make it but right now it's a really really gloomy position and and if we do manage to go up there and get a win you really feel like you'll be dragging them back into the mire and 
they're going to be even more points adrift of, of safety. So so if it is Nathan Jones, the man, and they do show some faith in him, he's got a big job just to keep them in the league this season, which must be so disappointing for Stoke fans. From a Fulham perspective, well, we're six unbeaten. Um, we probably should have won that game against Charlton in the end. We carved out the better chances. Bobby Reid probably should have scored that late goal to give us the win over Charlton. But overall, it's a fairly positive place for us. We sit just, literally just outside um, the playoff positions in seventh. And you wouldn't imagine that Scott's going to make a huge amount of changes. I think the biggest debate is what do we do about Bobby Reid? He played so well against Reading. Then he got dropped for the first half of the Charleston game, came on in the second half and was exceptional again, so much so that he won the man of the match and he was the best rated player on the Fulhamish player ratings as well. So it's just going to be interesting to see what Parker does. Personally, I would love to see Bobby Reed on the pitch when possible. He's clearly in form and when he gets a goal, I think that he could be dangerous. But I almost don't envy Scott. He's got a difficult decision to make and there's only so many places in his side and there are some undroppable players at the moment and it almost feels like there are too many undroppable players so it will be fascinating to see how he approaches this game on Saturday and as far as we know uh, no injury doubts from the international break but I think we'll probably find out a little bit more about that uh, on Thursday when Scott Parker does his pre-match press conference. Right let's get an opposition view of things. Uh, We spoke to Dave Cowlishaw from the excellent Wizards of Drivel Stoke City podcast to get his view on Saturday's match. David, thank you for giving us a little bit of your time tonight and giving us the opposition view. Obviously, Stoke are up against it. They're in a relegation zone. They just got a win before that international break. Nathan Jones, his job's on the hot seat. We're hearing three games to save it, two games to save it. What are your thoughts uh, on the weekend's fixture? Well, if I had to pick anyone to play after the international break, it probably wouldn't be for them, especially with a kind of attacking threat you guys pose. Thank you. Uh, but after the... Uh, win against Swansea, maybe the international break came at the wrong time, but there was a certain real positive feeling that that game uh, kind of um, fostered within the Stoke fans. Uh, to go away to Swansea, who were high-flying and us having not won any of our first 10 games, like, to say expect- expectations were there would be an understatement, but uh, we not only got a win, but we got a deserved win as well, and um, I think in general, it sounds ridiculous when you when we're bottom of the league, haven't won any of our first ten games. But we have had awful, awful luck, and there is a sense that maybe the the bad luck is starting to run out now. We, we've been kind of ridiculous for goalkeeping errors, stupid red cards, not taking chances. Uh, but like I say, Fulham is not the team I'd pick to play next. If we're looking at the season so far, what has gone wrong for Stoke? Because obviously if you look at the players on paper, and obviously you can look at many teams on paper in championship histories about teams who shouldn't have gone down, I think in the Sunderland team who are now in League One. When Fulham first came down in, in after all season 13-14, you wouldn't expect us to just about stave off relegation, obviously. So what, what do you think has gone wrong this season? Is it just an accumulation of various factors? We've got, well, well at one time, an England goalkeeper in Jack Butland, and he's made five really bad errors this season that have directly led to goals that that is more than pretty much every other keeper in the league will make all season uh, so that's kind of a ridiculous thing 
straight out of the gate in bad luck. And then we've been ahead in games and Joe Allen getting himself sent off against Bristol City within 10 minutes. But it'd be churlish to say it's all bad luck, of course, but um, that has definitely played a part. And, and when that kind of builds up, you kind of get this negative mindset and that's kind of as if you Nathan Jones isn't blameless project. I think uh, there was a lot of talk about his 4-4-2 diamond formation when he came from Luton and we haven't really seen uh, the best of that yet although it did work well against Swansea um, so our kind of weaknesses have been in the full back areas which are so essential to the diamond uh, weaknesses have been up front in terms of uh, finishing chances as well uh, like you said we do have a really good squad on paper I think our midfield our first choice in mid- mid- midfield is up there among the best of the league, but it just just hasn't hasn't worked. And uh, I do have sympathy for the for the guy, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, Nathan Jones, I think, hasn't really gone, uh, hasn't really backed himself as much as he should have. He should have uh, gone all out on this diamond, and he's kind of maybe been a bit too cautious, and that cost us, I think. What does the future really hold for Nevin Jones? Because it seems, <coughs> excuse me, in his post-match interviews, he's resigned about four times. Um, yes. So, what does the future hold for him? Is he really? Is he going? Can he be the man to take sort of Stoke up in this division? And obviously, um, you know, obviously he got the win against Swansea. But does it not seem he's sort of resigned so that he can't really do much better with what he's got? Yeah, kind of. I, I think uh, if we lose against Fulham, then he'll probably resign again. To be honest, but. Um, I, I, I don't know if he can uh, take us up, but I think he can turn the situation at a given time. But that's not a thing I expected to say a couple of weeks ago uh, after we lost at home to Huddersfield Town. I mean, Huddersfield Town, who loses to them? Um, after we lost to them, I thought, right, he's definitely gone now. That has to be it. And it's, it was kind of just bizarre that uh, we didn't replace or, or we didn't we didn't sack him anyway uh, before that. So he's he's very much still... Uh, on borrowed time and he needs to put a, uh, a run of results together as soon as possible so uh, it's not looking great for him uh, despite kind of the good feeling after the win at Swansea Obviously you know not winning your first 10 games it's difficult to find any positives um, but who has like stood out individually um, in your team? Uh, like I said I think our midfield uh is a is a really good one, and there's uh, two players in particular: uh, Peter Tabo, uh, Nigerian international midfielder, fantastic box to box player, uh, really just fantastic drivers forward. He's kind of the heartbeat of the midfield. But there's also uh, Badu and Dai in there, uh, who uh, was looking at Galatasaray last season, and we thought we can't see the last of him. We thought he was in the bomb squad, and he's come back, and he's I think you're hard-pressed to find a more talented midfielder in this division. I think he's been absolutely superb. So uh, those two in midfield, but it's the kind of issues in goal and issues at the other end of the pitch that have uh, been kind of our weaknesses. David, you mentioned uh, Fulham may be the worst opponent for you to face on the weekend, but where are the areas that you can hurt Fulham this weekend? If we can keep you guys at bay and restrict your your kind of your front three and and all that going forward, then... I think there is a chance that we can, uh, like, kind of maybe run through the middle with uh, a Tabo and Ndai. And uh, we we are good at uh, bombing forward in certain situations. Like Sam Klukas will pop up with a goal every now and again. Um, it depends who he decides to partner up front with. Lee Gregory. Lee Gregory's a fantastic hold-up player at this level. He, he'll bring other people into it. It's just about whether 
uh, we go with Scott Hogan, who got the winner at uh, Swansea, or uh, we stick with uh, Tyrese Campbell up front, who's a young player with a lot of promise. So uh, it will be about just us trying to re- restrict you and then try uh, m- maybe knock it long a bit, which isn't really a Nathan Jones. That's more kind of classic Stoke, if you like. Uh, but uh, just knock it long and, and see if uh, Gregory can uh, kind of create some situations for us. Cool, good stuff. Um, yeah, first and foremost, Dave, thanks, thanks once again for your time. Really appreciate it. And um, as a first time visitor to Stoke, I'm, I'm going to Stoke away. This is the first time. What what advice would you give to the travelling Fulham fans who've not yet sampled the delights that Stoke on Trenton has to offer? Uh, um, uh, well, it's not quite the walk to the ground that Craven Cottage is, which I've done a couple of times. But uh, uh, for an industrial estate car park, you, uh, what you can do is try and sample a, a Staffordshire oat cake. Right, so okay. Kind of like it. Sounds like great. I wonder where you was going with that story, David, to start with. I'll be honest. It started with a car park and I got a little bit scared. I'm not going to lie. It's like visions yeah, of the uh, 70s, uh, hooligan, yeah. like scraps. And, yeah, go on, sorry. What were you yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, find an oat cake uh, van somewhere and uh, sample all of them. Cheese and bacon and brown sauce. Uh, can't go wrong. Sounds good. Any, any good pubs as well that you'd recommend? Uh, none near the ground at all, to be honest. I think there's nearby. Uh, <laughs> Car parks, uh, yeah, there... no pubs. David, this is all sounding fantastic. <laughs> I have to put you on the spot, though. Uh, score prediction for the weekend. What do you think? 3-2 uh, to Stoke. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> You're not making any friends in the studio, David, but we can't wait to see you at those really far away pubs and look forward to those cakes on the weekend. David, thank you for joining us. David there from the Wizards of Drivel, which is a Stoke City podcast. He's going for the Stoke City score win 3-2. Not sure if you three will agree with that. I'll start with you, Dom. Before I get your score predictions, how do you think the game will play out? I do think it'll be a very open game. Um, mainly because I don't think either team can really defend. So maybe three two. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a three two either way. So I think that it's this is the sort of game on where it's like it's, you need to make a point in this game. You need to sort of. I know you're playing the team with bottom of the league essentially. Send a but, statement. But you need to still, you can still send a statement by this because this team beat Swansea in in their own ground. So if you can beat this team, company like by, I don't know three one or something like that, then they'll make a statement to the rest of the league that we are here to fit, uh, aim for the top two places. And I think Jack said it on the show last week about you know this league's there for the taking and it is especially in these five fixtures we got coming up the league is for the taking so yeah I think it's important that we you know don't scrap a 1-0 win I think it's important to make a statement in this game I completely agree um, I do fear that it is one of those results like you know that the stars are going to align it's like they're going to be their first home win of the season and like we've just come off in that international break that came at the wrong time for both teams and you know getting back into the pace of the championship might be difficult um but i'm i guess i'm just echoing what dom's saying like the league is there for the taking like especially in these next five games and hopefully we can get off with the start even though it is away from home i do think for all our shortcomings that we might have um if we if we just score early, I think it's. I know it's so so simple to say, isn't it? Like just score, just score, and then you'll win. Mm. No, but it's like if we score early, then we can really like dictate the game because they have to chase them, pile under pressure. Yeah, so it's so crucial for us, and we hardly ever do it. We hardly ever score early, and so that that's the, probably the main thing I try and change about this team is to really get out of the blocks. 
Oh, sorry, man. I'm still thinking about those oat cakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> or like dodgy car park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> uh, no, I think this game goes for the second. Please, can we get a clip of that um, rally and cry that Jack did last week? It was hilarious. He got himself so... He did. Out, did he? Yeah, I got a bit scared at one point. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah. I've watched it back a few times. It was like a, yeah, it was like a Churchill sort of war speech. It was mm. brilliant. But uh, yeah, Fulham will win this weekend. I, I'm going for 3-1. 3-1. So I do think we'll concede... Um, but yeah, 3-1 I reckon. Fulhamish has partnered with theterracestore.com who have a great range of official Fulham merchandise with a retro twist. Some amazing products with throwbacks to some of the iconic Fulham kits of yesteryear. Right now, Fulhamish listeners can get 10% off. Just use the code Fulhamish when you check out. Uh, they've got some great presents, particularly with Christmas around the corner. So make sure you use the code Fulhamish for 10% off. That's at the terracestore.com well thank you very much to dave there for that opposition lowdown on stoke city ahead of saturday's match it's been a tough old season for them and well i'm not hoping it gets any better for them on saturday uh, and i'm sure you all fully agree with me there right time to speak to gordon davies uh, of course he is fulham's record goal scorer uh, and he was on the Love Sport Radio show last week. So George was there with Jack Kelly uh, and also Dara Curran was on it as well. Always great to have this man on the podcast. Gordon Davies, chatting all things Fulham. Gordon, a real pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time. What have you made of Fulham's start to the season so far? Well, I suppose against all the odds and... Uh... Uh, supporters saying on Facebook that uh, Scott Parker should go when he hasn't got a plan B and some of the players are not good enough at this level uh, to find ourselves three points off the top of the division and um, really we haven't started great uh, three points off top at this moment in time after 11 games I'm quite happy with the way things have gone and you can see improvements uh, in individuals, you can see improvements in the team performances. So at, at this moment in time, I'm quite happy with the way things have gone so far. Good stuff. Um, so, God, I just I guess I just wanted to ask you, what, what areas do you think that we need to improve if we are going to push on for the rest of the season and get automatic promotion or hit the playoff spots? Where, where, where do you think we're lacking at the moment? Well, uh, you, you, look, you look at the front three and, and everybody has said we've probably got the best front three in the uh, in in the division, but Cav Cavaliero is going through a, a little bit of a lean patch, and then he scores an absolutely scorcher of a goal. Yeah. Um, but we're not getting a ninety-minute performance from him. Um, I think it's good what Scott has done uh, by sometimes taking him off and putting uh, uh, Decadova Reed in, because um, he, he is quality going forward. And if you look at last week's game. Uh, we had a, a hell of a lot more shots on, on target and not at goal and, and bet, we're better in the final third when, when he is playing and, and I think he's, if he plays on the left he's got a good understanding with Joe Bryan and I think we'd get the, the, the best out of both of those at present. Obviously from a, a, a team performance um, Bettinelli has had some stick for certain goals that he's allowed in but to be perfectly honest with you it was only, uh, what, 12 months ago, 18 months ago that he was uh, in the England squad. So I don't think he's going to become a bad goalkeeper overnight. I just think you look at the, the back four, people are saying we need a right back. But 
think with with Seth coming in, um, I, I think yes, he is going to make mistakes. He's a young kid; he's learning the game, but he can come in and do well for us at, at right back. Odoi is a is a backup to him at right back. Um, I think people are concerned about the centre back position. Have we got enough uh, quality or cover in uh, the centre back position? If Reem or Mawson sort of get injured, I know Odoi can go back in there, but it's as far as a squad is concerned, to be perfectly honest with you, I think we've got uh, a better squad now than when we got promoted, um, and, I'm, and it's certainly a better squad than we had in the in the Premier League. So I don't think we we really need to um, uh, go out uh, to improve the squad ap- apart from perhaps getting a a quality centre half who's got pace, um, and in that position. We've obviously got Michael Hector, who's going to be with us, or training with us now, but available from January. So um, we've just got to wait and see whether he gets given a chance. And if he comes in and has a partnership with one of the two that I've mentioned, then I think that squad of players is is good enough, to be perfectly honest with you, to, to get us a minimum of top six. But I've already been on record as saying, I think we'll finish in the top two. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think we can definitely push that. Um, Alexander Mitrovic, of course, a lot was said about him over the summer. Would he stay? Would he go? He stayed, and he's he's top goal scorer. How surprised were you that he he stayed for the championship and and now he is performing to the levels that we did expect from him? Well, it, it was funny. I thought I, someone did ask me at the end of last season, and I, and I said that Tom. I think Tom Kearney and Mitrovic would sign. Uh, and it, it was only rumours. I didn't hear anything. I didn't speak to any of the directors about it. But I think it was a it was a massive coup for the club to get both of them to sign longer term contracts because I think that enabled us to get people like Knockhart and uh, Cavaliero in and Reed uh, or the two Reeds because if you keep your best players, then it puts a message out there that um, we we are ready to take uh, on the championship for this season. And um, I was a bit disappointed with him in the last game where he appealed for a penalty. He's one of the strongest centre-forwards about that loves the physicality of it and holds centre-halves off. And then when the centre-half had a little tug of him, uh, literally about 12 yards out from goal, instead of him really making the effort to get away from that centre-half, and make the, the contact or the pulling of the shirt a lot more obvious for the, for the referee. Uh, a, I think we could have had a penalty, and I think we would have gone on to have beaten Charlton. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a massive coup, and to be perfectly honest with you, I think he finds scoring goals easy at this level, but as a team, we have got to give him more chances during the game. I think when he does... Uh, we provide four, five, six chances for him. The likelihood is he's going to put two or three of them away. But what we're giving him are, are bits and pieces, uh, apart from the Reading game, obviously, but we're giving him bits and pieces to fight for. And every goal he's getting, he's got to fight, fight for the, the right to get on the score sheet. So uh, for, for him, I think he's a, a fantastic player for us. And uh, he'll certainly end up top goal scorer this year, whether he'll get 20 or not. We'll have to wait and see, but if he gets 20, we'll certainly be right up there in that top two, top four. Good stuff, Gordon. And now I'm well aware that I'm talking to the greatest forward in Fulham's history. And as as that 
uh, accolades, I just wanted to ask what are the characteristics of Alexander Mitrovic that set him apart from everyone else at this level? And do you think that he has what it takes to beat your record of 176 goals? <laughs> well, um, he, if he beats 176, he's, he'll still be one behind me because I've got 178. Oh, 178. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I've already put down, I, uh, with you being Fulham supporters, I do a, a column in the, uh, in the programme and somebody asked me about, uh, about it and I said, well, I'm going I'm to be pencilling in the season 24-25, I think, which would put him somewhere round about... Uh, my uh, goal scoring record level so uh, the record will be broken to be perfectly honest with you it, it, it'll only be a matter of time um, but it will be broken at some point and you, you look at Mitrovic it, I think he would have been absolutely deadly if he was a bit more mobile mm. the one thing that he lacks is pace and, and that is why you've got to give, the, give him the chances inside the box He's not going to run away from defenders 20, 30 yards from goal, uh, and he's unlikely to get on a through ball, uh, which now that we've got Kenny playing a f- further forward and Decadova Reed coming in, we have now got runners going past him, which is what we've lacked for a good, a good 12 months. So um, I think but when, when you look at him and compare him to other centre forwards, as I said earlier, he likes the physicality. Um, he, he likes a, a bit of a scrap up there and he holds the ball up magnificently um, he does do a hell of a lot of work coming out wide and going into corners and, uh, and because he's the only one up there I think if we got somebody closer to him uh, it would cut down his work rate outside the box and perhaps give him a, that little bit extra um, sort of either confidence or speed or agility in the box when the ball comes in but there's certainly I don't think anybody to touch him as far as a an, an out and out target man uh, in this division at present who absolutely works his socks off and he's uh, he's a credit to uh, um, to himself and the club by the way that he puts a shift in uh, every game even when he's only getting one or two scrappy chances a game you can see him getting sometimes upset with himself and with other players, but I think that's only because what he wants to do most of all is score goals, and you've just got to, feed, as they used to say with uh, with few other people centre forwards, you just got to feed him. You got to feed the Metro and let him score. <laughs> just sticking with Mitrovic at the moment, um, he is probably the only recognised out-and-out striker that we do have at the club. How do you reckon that we'd fare if he were to pick up an injury? And do you see any? attributes in the other squad players that we have that might be able to fill in a role? Well, I think we'd certainly um, have to uh, change our style of play if he did pick up an injury. And I think that is one thing um, that we've all been worried about, to be perfectly honest with you. Every time he goes down, you wonder, is that going to be the end of this game or is it going to be a five or six week stretch if he just... Uh, twist twists his ankle, so it is one of those positions that yes, we have got other players um, that can play up there you you can put um, Reed up there because he he 's played up up front, not obviously by himself when he was at um, uh, bristol bristol city uh, but it 's one of those areas where I think you've then got to 
have a look sort of through the, the, the squad that we've got. Um, we've got the young lad who came across from uh, Chelsea, who's only, who's only a young lad. I, I can't remember his name at the moment. Uh, but Taylor Crossdale, is that I, the one? Yeah, when I saw the, the interview uh, when he came over to Fulham, um, he was saying all the right things. He was saying that he thinks that he, he would have more of a chance of sort of pushing into the first-team squad here than he was at Chelsea. He wants uh, to play on the shoulder of the last defender because he, he, he likes running in behind, which is, as I mentioned earlier, is something that we haven't, that we haven't had. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be a, a slightly change of um, um, play from, the, from the, uh, the, the, not only the back four, but certainly the midfield players. Because if, you, if Mitrovic goes and we, we give him a chance, he's going to want to run in behind. So you've got to then start playing the ball between centre-halves and full-backs uh, for him to run onto. And you've got to get, if he's quick, you've got to get support uh, a lot closer to him than, than, um, than Mitrovic at present. So I think that would be one, um, one area that we may struggle because we haven't got the ideal replacement, but there are, I would think, one or two options that we could play. Um, and to be perfectly honest, you could probably um, move um, one, of, one of the wide lads in there, to be perfectly honest with you, and just play with a front three. But the, the service then and the way that we play, yes, we can keep the ball, we can play through midfield, but when we are looking for the... Uh, the, the ball into the centre forward. I think you're going to be more one touch layoff and spin into the into the channels, or you're going to be playing the balls uh, down the channels for uh, quicker lads to to get onto. Um, but if I think if we uh, uh, if if we're up there or thereabouts and uh, we need a replacement for anybody in January, then I think uh, it probably would be a um, a centre forward as cover for Mitrovic, not to replace him, just as cover. But we do have one or two options um, with the players that we do have in the squad if he gets injured, and hopefully he doesn't. Well, thank you very much to Gordon Davies and also to George, Jack, and Dara uh, for speaking to him on the radio show as well. Always an honour to have our record goal scorer and such a lovely man as well and always so charismatic and uh, great with his words. So uh, thank you very much to Gordon. So that is all for Fulhamish Extra this week. Uh, We will be back on Monday reviewing the Stoke game. Fingers crossed that it's three points. And then, of course, looking forward to the midweek test against Luton back at Craven Cottage. So wherever you watch the game from this weekend... Hope you enjoy it and hopefully uh, it can be three points to put a smile on all our faces. Uh, So have a good one and we'll see you on Monday. Take care. Goodbye.